0: Are you tired of feeling like you have to hide your faith in order to be successful in business? Welcome to the Flamingo Advantage podcast, where Christian marketing and client experience coach Katie Horner leads you to embrace your uniqueness, to see the marketplace as a mission field, and your business as an act of worship. Welcome into the Flamingo Advantage podcast today. I'm your host, Katie Horner, and today we're talking about kingdom entrepreneurship. And this should be exciting to you. I know it was fun for me to dive into and really study and find out what does this mean? And you know how I love word studies and love going back to the scriptures. So there will be quite a bit of that today. But if you haven't already, we'd love for you to scroll down into those show notes and click on over and check out our upcoming events and also the free copy of The Flamingo Advantage if you haven't already ordered your book. Uh, You can get that just by paying, shipping, and handling, and we would love to send that to you. So what does it mean to be a kingdom entrepreneur? This is something that uh, you'll see with uh, lots of people in our space using this word. I'm thinking of Shea Bynes, who you'll hear on another episode soon, as well as others in online marketing and the, the Christian world using this term, kingdom entrepreneur, as opposed to just Christian entrepreneur or faith-based or faith-led or spirit-led or faith-first. There's lots of different terms out there, but what does the kingdom entrepreneur specifically mean and why should it matter? And so we're going to dive into that. First, let's look up the word kingdom. What does it mean? Well, kingdom has two parts, the king part and the dumb part, or that comes from the word dominion. And so when you look up a king, is over his domain or his dominion. A kingdom is the domain of the king. And so when we talk about kingdom entrepreneurship, we're talking about this domain of our king in entrepreneurship. It's not just the secular marketplace, but it's actually a kingdom of our Lord, one of the kingdoms that we get to steward here on earth. Jesus Christ is the king, uh, we talk about God being the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and what does it mean to be King of Kings? It means He's you know, obviously King above all of the earthly kings, but in Revelation chapter 1, we also see that we have been referred to as kings as well. So let's read that. Uh, I want to always bring you back to Scripture here, so we'll put these passages in the show notes today if you want to go back and check them out on your own, but... Heading over to Revelation chapter one and verse six, it says, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. And to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom and made us priests to his God and father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so he's talking about us having been made into this kingdom. We have been made into the dominion of our king, who is a king above all kings. We also see that we have been given a kingship. We've been called kings and priests as children of God, as children of the king, then we are heirs of the king. We are also in line for the kingdom, right? And everything that comes with that adoption The other thing that we see about this is that the king of kings and his domain, what do you have in a kingdom? You have people, and you have land, and you have treasure, and you have property, right? And the king owns it all. The king owns everything in his domain. It's not a democracy. It's not a republic like we have in the United States. It's a kingdom, and the king is the owner. All of the people... Are considered his servants. All of the land, all of the property are considered his. And so, as a king, he is the owner of it all. All right, then what does that translate to for our business? He's the owner of the business. We get to steward the business on his behalf, just as if we would steward lands that belong to the king. And so, that puts things in perspective as well. We are both heirs of the king and stewards. Of what he has put in our hands. In Galatians chapter four, we're talking about the heirs. And it says that the heir, even though he is a child, as a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. He's under the guardians and the managers until that date set by the father. And in the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time came and God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law to redeem those that were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And so that Galatians chapter four verse is telling us that we are both servants of the king, as well as sons and heirs of the king and the kingdom. And so We both represent our father as the king. We are representatives of him, ambassadors of him, even as we steward what he has put in our hands to steward, knowing that it is both his and it is ours. It is both and. We are not just sons or just stewards. We are both and. We get to carry that out as our responsibility in business for our king. All right, so what else is in a domain? We talked about the people, and the people being the stewards, and in this case, stewards and heirs of the king. But you also see in Genesis chapter 1, God gave Adam and Eve, the very first humans, dominion over everything that he had created. He gave them dominion. There's that kingdom word again. The king gave dominion to the people that he placed in his dominion. He allowed them to have dominion over the things that he had created. Then in Genesis 2 and verse 11, God talks specifically about the rivers that he had created and talked about them going into the land of gold. This is the first reference that we see in scripture of anything that would have been considered money. And God said that the gold was good, right? And so everything that God created originally was good. It was when sin entered that there was a problem, right? But we hear him speak specifically of gold and mentioning that it was good. And that is also something that we are to be dominion, have dominion over because of our position as heir and steward of the king. So the state of the people in the kingdom reflects whether or not you have a good ruler. When you think about people say, oh, well, he was a great president or he was a bad president in our country, at least, right? Um, They're talking about what he did. Was there economic reform? Did the economy boom? Was there... You know, legal reform. Did you know did things get better? Did things get worse? It was a reflection on the person who was in charge. And this, in much the same way, a king who does not care for the people in his kingdom is considered a bad king. If you go into the kingdom and everyone is poor and barely making it and fighting over the scraps in the street with the animals, like really clawing at everything, trying to, to eke it out on their own. And the king is up there lavish in his palace and Living high off the hog, like they would say in North Carolina, where I grew up, then you know they would say that he's not a good king. he doesn't care for his people. His country is not doing well, right? His people are not doing well. And so the state of the people reflects the character of the ruler. Let's translate that into business then. Your state in business reflects the character of your God. You and I have been given this adoption. We have been given this calling. We have been given this position as heir, as ambassador, as representative of our king. And if we're putting out there a representation of poor, of woe is me, of I can't handle this, of just eking it out, of when is God going to help me, that is a bad reflection on your king. That is not the reflection that is true to the character of God. You and I have a responsibility, a right, a privilege to show the world what Christ is like. We were made in the image of God. We're to be the bearers of his image to the world. This is why we died to sins, and yet now we live, but not us. But we live the life we live. We now live by Christ who lives in us. This is how we show the world Christ. Not by complaining, not by lacking and, and living in scarcity, but by praise and by thanksgiving and by kindness and by love even in our day-to-day business. And so our attitude and our actions and our response and our perspective on things, the decisions we make, the way we keep our word, all of that is a reflection of the king of our country. And he values his people. If you look at Matthew chapter six, that whole entire chapter is all about finances and about trusting God with your finances. Trusting God with the things that you need. We sometimes just go straight to Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this will be added unto you. But the whole entire chapter is talking about trusting God to provide for you as a good God, as a good father. And it says, you're much more valuable than the little sparrows. I know what they have need of. I take care of them. Can you not trust me to take care of you too? Because you are worth so much more. And so we see that God Values people. This is another thing that sets kingdom entrepreneurship apart from the secular entrepreneurship. In a kingdom world, we value the people, not the treasures. The people come first. The people are more important. That takes precedence over all the other things. The people are more important than the time, the people are more important than the treasure. God has a heart for his people. We, kingdom people, value people and we use time and money as tools. If you flip that around, the world wants you to value money and to use people. Let me say that again. Kingdom people value people and use time and money as tools. The world values money and uses people as tools. Do you see the difference? The enemy is using the same things that God is using, but he's flipping the order around, just like he twists every truth there is to try to get you to think that this is okay. Oh, well, we're valuing, we're we're putting a, a value on people. Yeah, but they're abusing them in the process of gaining money because money is where the value is for the world. And so we flip that around. Yes, you have to have money in order to make things run, but that is not the goal. The goal is all about the people. We have a heart of God for the people. We are stewards of the time and stewards of the money in order to have the impact with the people that God wants us to have. And I want you to take that away here because super, super important. A kingdom entrepreneur will be more concerned about the people than about the money because he knows that his God owns everything. And if my God owns everything and my God has promised to supply all I need, then I don't have to worry about the money. I can focus on the people that he's called me to serve. The other thing that sets a kingdom entrepreneur apart is he keeps his word. He is truthful. And the reason that this is so important is that our God embodies truth. Our God says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we are called to live out the truth. We are called to walk in the truth. We are called to love the truth. We are called to speak the truth. And we must value the truth in our life. That is why we have to filter out what other people are talking about. I am a part of a couple different high-level masterminds, and I pay well for them. God has provided the tool of money so that I can go and get that training and bring it back to my clients and to you listening to this podcast. That's why you're here. But in those secular places that God has provided education for me, I have to filter out the junk. They are using some truth, and a lot of it is twisted because it's coming from secular mindset. It's coming from people who do not acknowledge God as their provider. It's coming from people who are, are leaning to their own wisdom rather than the wisdom of God. And so I've got to filter out that junk in the world so I can know what the truth is. And this is why I tell you guys over and over on this podcast and in my classes, don't just say Katie said this. You go back to the scriptures and to the verses that we're sharing And find out for yourself what God says. The Holy Spirit says he will lead you into all truth. And so go and search it out for yourself. But one of the great things about being involved in a community or being involved in specifically a a Christian business community like the ones that we have created is that you get the blessing of not having to filter that out so much. We've already done it. We've already spent the hundreds of thousands of dollars in these programs to get the training and we've done the work of filtering it out to bring it back to you so that you don't have to. And it's so, so important, especially if you know that it's hard for you to discern the truth. If that doesn't come easy for you or if you haven't practiced it enough, do not put yourself in a place where you're going to be beguiled or slip into trusting what the world says without being able to discern it for yourself surround yourself with people who have the gift of discernment and it can take you back to scripture and challenge that so that you know you've got the truth. Kingdom entrepreneurs are focused on the truth because the truth is who our king is. We're not going to be out there misleading folks. We're not going to be out there trying to manipulate emotions for a sale. We're not going to be out there trying to mislead or we're not going to be out there trying to do things in a way that would be against the truth because that is against the character of the god we represent and so i want to challenge you to do that too look at your marketing look at your sales copy look at the email subject lines that you're writing yes they can be hooky yes they can cause curiosity and ask people to click but they should not be misleading we think of misleading as another word for a lie sometimes right don't be trying to make people unintentionally misunderstand Something that you said, try to speak truth for the glory of God. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, says 1 Corinthians 10.31, do all to the glory of God, which includes your speech and the way that you speak. The other thing that sets kingdom entrepreneurship apart is our love. Our God is also love. And our God changed the world with love. In our book, The Flamingo Advantage, How to Leverage Unique, Stay Relevant, and Change the World, we talk about this. And having love, because if you're going to change the world, it's not going to be because you've got a charity. It's not going to be because you gave millions of dollars away. It's going to be primarily through love. And your love may cause those other tools to get used in different ways that make an impact, but it starts with love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is the love that changes the world. And when you have that love, First Corinthians 13, the whole chapter is talking about if you did this and you didn't have love, if you gave everything you had away and didn't have love, if you could move mountains and you didn't have love, like it doesn't matter. Love is the most powerful. Love is what changes the world. And so we've got to love like Jesus loves. And that goes back to having people as the priority again. People over profit, people first mentality is the kingdom mentality because we love people the way God loved us. It is our pleasure, it is our privilege to love on people because God loved us. And the way that we do that is we take the knowledge and the information that God has given us, and we lean into Him for His Holy Spirit to be able to put the power behind it to make change in the world. I can't change the world. I can do nothing apart from the power that I have through Christ, and you can't either. But when we have the knowledge of what God has allowed us to learn, Plus, we have the power of the Spirit applied to that. That Holy Spirit application of what we have learned and what we have experienced then becomes powerful and a powerful tool to be able to change the world. And so, you know, you may have heard there's some other big name people out there in the Christian entrepreneur space. And this quote by one of them said, if you're not making the money you want, you're not adding enough value. Or you're adding massive value, and no one knows about it, and that's a marketing problem. You need to be chasing value, not chasing money. Now, here's the problem with that statement. As a Christian, should you be chasing value? Like, we both agree, probably, that we shouldn't be chasing money, right? The love of money is the root of all evil, so we've established that money is a tool, and I probably shouldn't be chasing money. But he's saying, instead of chasing money, you should be chasing value. That's how you're going to earn more money. Well, number one, if you're not making the money you want, I would ask, are your wants in alignment with God's wants? And then number two, you shouldn't be chasing value. You should be chasing after your God. You should be chasing after the the knowledge of God, the relationship with your God that allows you to walk in the power of his spirit on a day-to-day basis that gives you the wisdom and the discernment on a day-to-day basis to make those decisions in your business that are going to show his love to the people he wants you to show his love to and be able to impact them in the way he wants you to impact them. And if you do that, you will make the money that you need because your God provides all you need, Matthew 6, when you seek him first. It's not about seeking value or doing more to put more value out there or making your value more visible. It's not that at all. It is seeking your God. It is knowing your God. It is having that relationship with him, walking with him so that you can hear his spirit when he urges you, so that he, you can discern the voice of the spirit versus the voice of the enemy when they are trying to twist truth and mix it in there to just to mislead you. If you want to be a kingdom entrepreneur, you have got to be in relationship with your king and seeking the kingdom first. I believe that God has given you as his child, as his ambassador, an amazing privilege and responsibility to take his message to the world through your business. Whatever niche your business is in, whatever uh, skill you have or skill that you teach, you have an incredible opportunity to show Jesus to the people that you reach today. But it's up to you. You get to choose if you're going to take action with it. Don't miss the next episode. We'll be back next week. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and consider joining our free listener community at theflamingoadvantage.com. Remember, my friends, your message matters and your voice is needed. Don't be afraid to let your flamingo show.